Welcome to A Tad Bit Crunchy, a podcast about transforming your life using natural and holistic hacks. I'm Whitney Bean, wellness and life coach and mom of four. I'm curious and learning right alongside you. I believe we can achieve better health and balance and still be on time for soccer practice most of the time. Hello there. Welcome to the show. I am grateful that you're here and welcome to season three. This is a pretty awesome to have three seasons of a tad bit crunchy. I am excited that it's still going. I took a little bit of a break through the holidays and I was excited to hear some feedback of, hey, where are the new episodes? So uh, thank you for listening. I'm so appreciative of it. Um, I also wanted to just say too, uh, I've got a birthday at the beginning of January here. And uh, my birthday request from all of you is to share the show. I know that there are other people out there who need to hear these messages. And so uh, share the show either on Instagram. Um, I'm at a tad bit crunchy on Instagram. Share that link, um, share your favorite episode, um, talk about it and get these concepts out there. I think this is much needed. Um, There are so many people who are just craving these topics. So keep the conversation going. And uh, that's my birthday wish from you. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's jump into the show today. So I recently read um, a ritual book, which I'll dive into in an episode coming up. Um, but for now, I just want to point out that, um, I, I love his podcast. He has such a, um, uh, a deep rooted and, um, positive outlook on, on life and his conversations with guests are like three hours long. Like they are not short, they are in depth and they are awesome. And it's just one of my favorite, um, shows to listen to. He covers a variety of topics. And one that stood out to me lately is an interview with Dan Butner, who is, um, the blue zones guy, if you've heard of that. So the blue zones, uh, Dan Butner, what he did, he works for national geographics. Now, I don't know if he always has, but He went out as a researcher looking all over the world for the um, cultures that live the longest. Like, where are people in the world living the longest? And he started to find these pockets of people and cultures and uh, villages and areas where people were living longer than in any other place. And so these people are living over a hundred years old. And kind of the um, one of the oldest he found was the average woman was living about to 90. And that was the average. And obviously in other areas, that average is more like 70, 75. And so for whatever reason, these um, areas were living significantly longer than other areas. And not only that, but they had a significantly um, stronger um, quality of life for longer. And so they weren't just um, kind of petering out around 75 and 80 and then hanging around for 30 years, but they had this quality of life and they were capable and interactive and contributing for significantly longer. And so Dan Butner found these different areas and dubbed them the blue zones. And he has done a lot of research diving into this. If you're interested in his work, I mean, please check it out. It's fascinating. Um, and, uh, within the ritual podcast, he talks specifically about, you know, what are these people eating, but what were they eating 80 years ago? What were they eating 70 years ago, 90 years ago that got them to this point? And so he kind of dove into, um, the research, but he didn't plan on coming out with food, right? He didn't think that food was the answer. He wanted to know what else they were doing, but 
in each of these areas, food continued to be the topic of conversation. It continued to be a way of life. Something that's fascinating is it's not just the quality of the food, but it also was the culture around food. So eating in groups, eating together, being social, having everybody contribute and cook together. Um, Not only that, but a lot of these cultures, they are growing the food. So they have their hands in the soil. They're growing that food. It's right in their backyard or, you know, just a, a little ways away from them. And then they're harvesting, bringing it home and then creating food right there. Um, and so it's all local as well. And I think that these topics are so important. I think they're thing it's not just like these lost cultures, right? This is part of our world right now. And in our American culture, we have terrible health. We have 75% of people are obese or overweight right now. And so obviously the trend we're trending in the wrong direction. And so um, when we're thinking about what can we do, what can we do to have a healthier lifestyle overall? And I will point out too, I think a lot of people feel kind of on edge about this topic. Um, America is amazing, right? And we have this amazing culture and amazing community. Um, But at the same time, we don't have everything perfect. And I think there's so much to learn from other cultures. And this is definitely one of those things. So when we look at these other cultures, you know, they're not crazy prosperous cultures. They're eating grains, they're eating beans, they're eating things that cost pennies. And yet they are living the longest. They have these huge lifespans and quality of life. And so within this podcast, I I, uh, have just been fascinated to hear um, once again that what it comes down to is um, a lot of, again, you know, what they're eating and how they're eating the culture around that. And so today I'm going to give you a few tips and ideas that came out of not just what Dan Buettner has done, but what we have found in our life that has worked for us. Because it's not just about the education, right? It's not just about learning about how to do it, but it's also about it being practical and realistic. And again, I, I know that this is a hot topic for a lot of people and it might be triggering. That is not the point of what we're doing. You know, if you can make small tiny little changes that will increase your lifespan and your life quality. That's what we're talking about here. I'm not talking about what you're doing is wrong. I'm not talking about that, you know, we've got it all wrong. (laughs) We're doing a lot of things really, really well. But I know that there are some of you who are wanting to know, how do I improve the quality of our food? How do we eat differently? How do we extend that lifespan overall right now? So here are a few tips here. I don't know how many there are because it's in Roman numeral numbers. I think there's nine. There's nine, guys. (laughs) Going back to sixth grade, Roman numeral numbers. All right. So the first one is to eat organic. Again, I realize this is triggering for a lot of people. Uh, So organic has, in the last few years, been more expensive. But the price is dropping. And that gap between um, organic and not is coming closer and closer together. So every time that we buy organic, we're voting, which means that the prices have to come down on organic because the demand is higher. And so um, think of it that way as well. When you purchase organic, you're you're placing a vote. And I think that it's going to continue to, the price is going to continue to drop. In some cases, in a lot of cases, it's almost the same. Um, as non-organic. So um, organic people might say, you know, why do we need to do this? So one thing that I have found about eating organic is that it keeps you eating real food. And it also helps you to avoid ingesting foods that might have additives and pesticides, food colorings, and food dyes. And so these things are not meant to be ingested. They're not meant to be 
digested. <laughs> and so by eating organic, I think we become um, more aware of what's going in our body and make sure we're eating things that are digestible for our systems and that they're usable for our systems. Um, and one last thing that I wanted to say about that, um, you know, so I've been eating organic for probably eight years or so, and I feel like the biggest jerk sometimes, like when I eat somewhere and I'm like, you know, I only eat organic. I don't say it to just be this like better than thou type person, but I literally have reactions to foods that don't have the, or that have pesticides and herbicides. This last year, I, um, so I'll just say too, I eat probably 95% organic, right? So it's not a hundred percent. Um, but when I don't, I notice. <laughs> so this last year I accidentally, um, purchased, this was like an experiment on myself without me even knowing that it happened. But I bought a big bag of spinach from Costco, a lot of ounces, right? I think it was more than, I think it was about 16 ounces of spinach or maybe more. Um, and I was putting in my smoothies just like normal. And I was having pretty much the same food that week that I typically eat. And I was all of a sudden having a lot of symptoms within my chest and my upper GI. I was having like chest pressure and I was having um, uh, pain and tension. And I was also having like acid reflux. And so the, these are symptoms that I hadn't had for a long time. So without like drastically changing what I was eating, I was really disappointed and uh, feeling pretty down because I was like, man, I'm, I'm eating the same things. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm eating well, I'm exercising and I'm having these symptoms pop up that I haven't had for a long time. And I, all of a sudden, after like six days of this, I had this light bulb moment where I was like, oh my gosh, did I, I need to check my spinach. Like, does my, does my spinach, is it not organic? And so I went and checked and sure enough, it was, it was not organic spinach. And again, I realized this is like, who cares, right? But I promise you, I had had that reaction that week and I stopped eating that spinach and I had that symptom relieved. And so I think that the additives and pesticides are doing more than we know. And I happen to have one of those bodies that notices and thank goodness that somebody a long time ago said, hey, why don't you try eating organic? But by doing that, again, it helps us eating real foods and it also helps us eating things that are more digestible. The more that we eat organic, the more that that price will come down. So that's my first step, eat organic. Number two, eat the rainbow. So make sure that you're eating a variety of colors. By eating this variety of colors, you're getting a variety of nutrition. When we kind of stick to the same 13 foods or 15 foods, we aren't getting that, that rich, um, nutrient-dense um, diet. And so by eating the rainbow, it's just one way to look at, you know, how can I incorporate more? How can I I get more vitamins. So with our kids, um, you don't want to do it as much because we don't need to because we kind of already have this habit of eating this way. But when we, um, when they were younger, we would always ask them what colors are on your plate? What kind of colors are you getting? Let's create the rainbow. So we can't always get like all the colors of the rainbow, right? <laughs> but it's important to say what colors are on your plate. Do you have anything orange? Do you have anything green? And it's just one way of looking at getting that variety. And when I say eat the rainbow, I am not talking about food dyes. <laughs> I'm talking about naturally colored foods. All right, and then the next one, number three, is that you will eat what you purchase. So by um, purchasing in a way that is mindful and intentional, you're going to eat that way. So this last year, I had somebody ask me, uh, how do I get my husband to stop feeding the kids so much sugar? 
there's just a lot of sugar going on and the kids are getting way too much. And I said, well, who does the grocery shopping? And she said, well, I do. And I said, well, who buys the sugar? Well, I do. (laughs) And so I said, okay, well, let's start there, right? If it's not coming into the house, then it's super likely that we aren't going to be eating loads of it, right? So what you're purchasing are the things that you're going to eat. And so be mindful and intentional and, you know, plan out. I know some people love to plan, others don't. But making sure that you're planning what you're going to eat can be so beneficial. And then also just don't purchase the stuff that you don't want eaten, that you don't want ingested. All right, tip number four, learn about fun restaurants, healthy restaurants in your area that can be family traditions that are nourishing and that support the local community and local health. And so, you know, if we don't do that research, then we know what's going to happen, right? You're going to go to those places that are bright colors, that have the food that is just so delicious to the taste, but might be lacking in nutrition. So do some research in your own area and start to make a list of restaurants that are maybe just a little bit more nutritious or that have organic standards or that are, you know, all plants or something like that. Just look around and you'll be so surprised that most of them have kid items on their menu, right? There's some fun foods there and delicious foods. And when you start to explore what restaurants are around you, you're also supporting that local healthier um, revolution, really. Um, I just want to say, after um, my two oldest, they're 10 and 12, and they had their well child visits this summer. And after their um, visit, you know, I, I want to be like everyone else. I want to make sure that we're like, hey, you guys did a great job. I'm so excited for you. You've kept your body so healthy this year. You had a great checkup. And I wanted to be able to share some delicious food with them or a treat with them to celebrate how they've done this last year. And so instead of going for a Slurpee, instead of going for a donut, instead of going for something that I knew was probably not going to make them feel that good on their way to school, we stopped at this local juice company and we got their favorite treat, which is this juice. Um, I think it has like apples and strawberries and oranges in it. And it's this fresh, like literally fresh pressed juice that they just love so much. Like I I was like, do you guys want to share one? And they're like, no, 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 we need our own. They love it so much. And so, you know, we would have never found that if we didn't look for one of those restaurants in the area if we hadn't been there before. So we're creating a tradition that is so fun and yet at the same time it's nourishing and it's healthy and it's not packing them full of junk that they're going to go to school and feel um, kind of uh, low energy after that. All right, so number five, um, shop around the outside of the grocery store. So on the inside of the grocery store typically are more processed foods. And again, going back to number one, which was eating organic, you're not going to eat as many processed foods if you're eating organic. It's more likely that you'll be getting some of those fresh foods. Um, But if you eat around the outside of the store or shop around the outside of the store, you're going to be hitting more of the nutrition um, and you're going to be leaving behind a lot more of that processed food. So if you think about it around the outside, you have that produce, you have your fruits and vegetables, uh, your greens, you have um, dairy products a lot of the time, you have maybe meats and grains. And so around that outside is where you're going to get more nutrient dense. Uh, The next one, number six, is to have dinner together. So when we go back to Dan Buettner and what he told us about the blue zones, 
those cultures are having meals together. It is not just, um, oh, find something in the cupboard or I'll just grab something on the way out the door, but it is being social. It is being a community. It is coming together and sharing, processing, talking, and really enjoying that space and creating a space that feels, you know, mutually loving. And so when you're sitting down for a meal, it's not rushed. It's not um, this speedy thing where we're running off to the next thing, but we really are creating a space and an environment, a community. This is one of our biggest family traditions. And um, I, I guard that time like no other. (laughs) I really love to have dinner together every single night. And I guard that space by creating a schedule that revolves around that as best as possible. Yes, we have other activities going on, but we really try to do that every single night. And man, it is one of my favorite times. All right. Number seven, have at least one night a week that is plant-based and meat-free. So some people call it like a meatless Monday or something like that. When you are eating plant-based and removing meat at least once a week, you start to learn about the nutrition of different foods. You get to taste a variety of flavors and you are creating a space where you can, um, you can absorb plants in a different way. So our family, we eat vegetarian for the most part. I would say 95% vegetarian. Um, three of us are 100% vegetarian. And then the other three still have it sometimes. The point of this is not like to take out meat just because I say so. (laughs) The point is to find something that works for you that is within alignment with your values and that helps you to feel well. So I feel at my best when I eat plant-based and so that's why I do it. And so make sure that you're not doing it just because somebody else said so. Make sure that you're not eating just meat because somebody said so. Um, You know, look into those core values and what value you are looking for within your meals and within your lifestyle and then follow that. But I do encourage you or challenge you to eat at least one meal a week that is meat free. And it doesn't mean like replacing the meat with pop tarts, right? (laughs) We're trying to expand your repertoire. We're trying to expand um, the knowledge of food and looking at what else could we eat. Um, There are a lot of plant-based substitutions that are so delicious that we have incorporated into our foods lately that um, are, are really good. All right, so number eight, grow a garden. So if we look back to Dan Buettner, right, they are um, looking at cultures where they primarily grow all their own stuff. There is magic to seeing something from seed to produce, right? There's There's so much benefit in being in the garden and seeing that progress and working for it. It can be another space where you're gathering with your family. There's another space and time where you can teach about plants and the growth of plants and how to nourish them and how to take care of them. There's so many good things that come from growing a garden. And when you grow a garden, you get to see and reap the benefits um, and your children get to see that as well. They get to see start to finish. They get to be part of it. They get to be part of the process. They learn about things that they would never learn about otherwise. And then you get to take those foods and create delicious things inside. I remember one of the first years that we had a garden, I think maybe like our second or third year, um, my kids were like getting old enough that they could help prep food and like come up with ideas for food. And uh, my two oldest gathered like sugar snap peas and carrots and lettuce and tomatoes 
and they chopped it all up and put it in a bowl. And they were so excited about this garden um, salad that they created. Now, if we had not had, you know, the discussions we had about food or we had a garden and I just handed this bowl to them of all these vegetables, would they have been excited about it? Probably not. But they, you know, had their hands in the soil. They picked these things. They washed them. They they chopped them up. They put them in a bowl. They put on some dressing. And they were so excited to eat this food and to share it with us. And they were like, as they tasted it, they were like, oh my gosh, it's so sweet. It's so delicious, right? They're just having a different, a deeper experience than they would otherwise. And then number nine, the last one that I want to share today is to stop and bless your food. This can look like a lot of different things. If you um, are religious, this might be something that you already do, but there is so much research, even apart from Christianity, apart from religion, um, there is research about taking a pause before you eat, taking those breaths, right? You're slowing down your breath, you're taking a moment before you ingest food. The next one is that it really is helping with digestion. You have a moment to pause and feel grateful. You have the moment to stop and connect with your food and it helps you to be present. So all of these things and so many more are happening and we stop to bless the food. So regardless, again, of religion, just stop for a moment before you eat and take that breath, you know, look at the food, look at the colors, feel that gratitude, be present with the situation, be present with the, you know, the gratitude of where the food came from and what it's going to do for your body. All right. So those are my nine tips for the day. I hope they're helpful. I would love to hear your feedback. And again, this is, um, it's all for, you know, our benefit. I, I always feel kind of bad talking about food because I know that it's triggering. I know that it can be hard for some people to hear, hear, But at the same time, I know that there is a large community of people who are like, how do I make these small adjustments? What can I do that's practical and realistic that's going to help my family? And we're talking here about increasing longevity. We're talking about increasing health. We're working at health from an intentional place, not from a, oh, shoot, now I have all these symptoms type place. And this is one of the things that we can do to create health that is intentional, that is purposeful, and that is balanced. All right, guys, have a good day. I'm so glad that you found a tad bit crunchy. You can show your love by leaving a review and sharing the show. Reviews help the podcast to be seen by more curious and intentional women just like you. And of course, sharing the podcast is how we can help more and more folks create a natural and holistic foundation for their health. If you share on social media, be sure to tag me at Whitney Bean Coaching so I can show some love. Thanks, guys.